Good day and welcome to Books in the Biz. I am back here with my good friend, Rich Veltre. Rich, how are you doing today? I am doing fabulous. So we, we've been reading stuff, and I thought this would be a pretty good uh, article I sent to you to uh, kind of talk about some things, because one of the things we often uh, learn from our clients is they still struggle finding people and keeping people. But one of the biggest challenges is getting people into the office. There are many companies that are still f trying to find ways to get people to come back to work because let's face it, most people like working from home. It's a lot easier. There's less travel. Uh, you don't have to worry about a car. You can have the kids in the background screaming and crying and doing everything else um, amongst other things. But uh, uh, you, you had also brought up something that uh, WeWork is, is struggling a little bit. Yeah, I saw the uh, I saw the headline yesterday. I don't have too many more details on it, but it said that WeWork is headed into the bankruptcy, you know, courts. Uh, apparently, they are announcing that they are going to be in there in as little as a week. So I'm waiting to see if that's for real. If it's a you know a mild suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure. It's been talked about for years now, so I'm not surprised at all, but it has a wide-reaching effect. That's also a sign that even the people, the independent contractors and the small business owners aren't going back to the office anymore because that's pretty <laughs> much what all those people were. Yeah. Uh, but this is what prompted the the story or our, our discussion today. Uh, I found this in the Wall Street Journal. The nine most over-the-top perks companies are using to bring workers back to the office. And I thought we would just spend some time today kind of going down each one, spending a minute or two on, on why we believe they will or won't work. Um, I think when I looked through the list, I kind of scratched my head and said, yeah, this probably isn't going to do it. We're going to have to find something else to get people back in the office. But um, yeah, let's, let's just take a moment to talk about them. So I'll be scrolling through these here, but um, you know the basic premise is companies are trying to find new and creative ways to get people to come back to the office and actually spend time at their desk instead of sitting at home. Um, you know, getting credit for leaving your car at home, so walking to work or taking a bike, you know, doing something other than driving your vehicle. So. <laughs> Let me tell you how exciting that's going to be for me. In Wisconsin, uh, it is November at the time you guys are seeing this. So if you watch this video in the future, it could be a nice sunny day. And you might say, well, what's the problem with that? Well, today is about 30 degrees outside. And uh, I am not biking anywhere. I'm going to hop in my nice warm truck with my heated steering wheel and my heated seats, and I'm going to go wherever I need to go. On top of that, where I need to go is going to be 50 miles away from my house. So biking's kind of out of the question. I could really see this if if you're in some place like maybe where you're at, Rich, in New Jersey or Manhattan, where, you know, it's probably actually better or easier to get around on a bike. Um, of course, I've seen how they drive in Manhattan, so I, I have some concerns there. Um, but I really don't see providing a monthly credit for walking or biking to work being a, a benefit that's going to draw me back in the office. How about you? Um, yeah, I, I was in New York city last night and it was 30 degrees <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think for me, you know, I'm not that far from New York city, but 50 miles, I can't walk. 
And, you know, yes, even getting to the train station is a hike. So um, I'm not really feeling this one, although it is a kind of move back to when there was a very big push to get people to use mass transit and offering, you know, tax incentives or, you know. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, hopping on the train counts. Um, But but it also took all day. Yes. (laughs) You know, the train ride was an hour and 10 minutes. The you know, we had to get to the train station. So we went you know, by car to the train station, we still had to take the car there. And then, you know, we went an hour and so minutes to New York City and then wound up taking an Uber. So, <laughs> you know, so by you're the time back, I was done, back $50 to didn't one. cut it. <laughs> well, I, I think that's a sign that, you know, we're, and you're in a city that is set up with some pretty decent public transportation. Um, you know, I look out here in Madison, they're trying to improve uh, the different bus lines and whatnot. And that's been their number one complaint is, you know, where six months ago I could hop on the bus, I could get to where I'm going in less than an hour. Now, because of the way they rerouted everything's to make it faster, it now takes two and a half hours and people have gone out and bought a car instead. So, um, again, head scratcher for me, uh, yeah, probably a little bit more understandable for you. But then here's the next one, number two. Uh, so drop the ball, uh, get paid time to participate in intramural sports clubs. I guess for some people, if you're already prone to do that, because, you know, we have different intramural leagues out here in, in the Midwest, too. Um, again, bigger cities tend to have more and you still got to get there. But I I don't know if I were an employee, if this would be attractive enough for me. I, you know, I think there's a there's a disconnect. Right. I, I think that, you know, this is really just a throwback to you know, when I was with a big firm and half of the firm would go and play basketball after, you know, after work was over. Exactly. Um, But how, like, once I had a family, there was no way that I would be, you know, having generally the time to do that. So I'm not really sure who, who are they trying to get back into the office? You know, because I think you're only going to deal with the people who can spend the time to go do this, I guess. Or right. unless you're telling me come into the office, but then leave the office to go play basketball. And when you come back, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, so you got to come really... back to get your uh, paid time off. Yeah. Um, so you're not really getting any work done if you're coming in to go play basketball or play in a, in a mural league. So I'm I'm not following quite the logic, you yeah. know. Getting people healthy, I get it. That's one of the things people want to do. It's one of their complaints why they want to be able to work from home because they'd have the time to go. Right. Instead of commuting, they'd have the time to go do something that would be healthy. Exactly. So, you know, are we getting there with the with the yeah. intramural league? Not sure. Yeah, I, I just really struggle again because most people, like you said, you know, when you got family and stuff, if this is outside of the normal work hours, it's going to be a harder sell to get people to do. Yeah. Um, okay, number three here. So beyond leave, uh, comprehensive family planning benefits and stipends for expectant mother- mothers. Okay, that sounds good. You know, this is something that to me is a good retention. I think it'll keep people in your company because let's face it, having a kid is not cheap. Um, but again, is this something that's going to get you to come back to the office? And I'm not sure if this is an option 
that most people are going to look at and say, yeah, this is going to get me back in to sit at my desk for two or three days a week um, or even five days a week. It's just, it's a nice perk to have. And I think if you're looking to start a family or you know you're going to have a family, it would definitely attract people in. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I would assume that with that, then you're also kind of working into the agree- the hiring agreement that they need to spend time in the office. So getting that new employee, yes. Keeping an, an existing employee or getting that existing employee to show up, probably not. Um, yeah, I agree with you that the you know, the retention part of it. Um, I think other than that, it just resonates with a lot of the companies back, you know, that I worked with over the years that already had some kind of benefit toward, you know, uh, expected mothers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think some of this is just kind of an old perk repackaged. That I agree with you. That seems to be the common theme here. This is, yeah. I can't remember. Actually, it was old wine, new bottle, I think is, is the way it was put. Um, so then number four, farm to conference table. So having your internal farmer's market where you get free food, is that enough to get you to come back to the office? And how often? I could see showing up, uh, you know, when the free food shows up on Thursday that, uh, you know, I get my box of goodies and I stay in the office for that day. But is it going to get me to come back three to five days a week? I'm not so sure. You're not coming in on Friday. Uh, (laughs) Hell no. If it's at Tito's, I'm I'm sipping my Bloody Marys or mimosas. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's going to be another difficult thing that... uh, isn't going to necessarily create the outcomes you want. Now, again, if you have a culture like that, that does attract people in, mm-hmm. it's very possible it could, but uh, I'd be curious if how it, how well it would actually do for most companies. Uh, outfit aid. So yearly subscription uh, for clothing rental services. I'm actually interested in that one. You, that would get you back in the office? I, I don't know. I, it, it depends. I mean, I happen to know some of those services are actually really good. And that was one of the complaints that people had. Like you have to, your outfits are different. What you can, what you can wear to go to the office, and yep. the expected uniform, you know, call it a uniform, but the expected, you know, attire you know, can cost you more because one is different than being to, you know, I just wake up, go to my computer and I'm working for eight hours. It's very productive, right? <laughs> as long as nobody I, has to see you, you can do it in your pajamas if you want. And right? I'm not, <laughs> yeah. And I'm not really talking about me. I'm talking about the people that complain that this is one of the things that's an issue when I can work at home. It's much more efficient. I'm yep. on zoom or whatever. And I have a certain attire that's fine. And then to go to the office, it's different. So something like this might actually be squashing one of the complaints of why people don't want to go back to the office. I think really to me, it's twofold. It's, it's a little bit of the cost and it's a little bit of the time, you know, yes. commute, commute to New York here, you know, you leave at the wrong time. It could take you two and a half hours. Good point. You know? So if you re- leave it a really, really early time, you know, you can, you know, get around it, but you know, cost is still there too. I mean, it was, you know, $30 round trip for the, for train. It was, you know, it's $20, I think, to go through the tunnel. The point here is this is what the people are complaining about, you know, throwing them ahead of lettuce is not going to change, you know, the answer and, but maybe changing some of the cost of what it, you know, of what, you know, 
it costs them in a tire actually translates to dollars for dollars, right? So yeah, I I do agree with you. I think there is there is a this is the best one I would say of of the ones we've read through so far. Because mm-hmm. um, I agree with you, it, it can be real expensive to build up a wardrobe for work, especially if you're required to wear certain types of shirts or sh- certain types of pants. Um, plus, then it's keeping the look fresh. Well, if you can do it through a subscription and and that way, yeah, that that's a nice perk to have. It attacks one piece, but not the two. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so this one is similar to uh, the health club thing or, or the paid to work out um, pickleball. Mm-hmm. which I've never played, I guess is becoming a very popular thing. I, I see pickleball courts going up everywhere. Yes. Um, but what they're talking about is put in an on-site pickleball court in your parking lot. Will this do it? On its own? On its own. Will this do it? <laughs> I don't think so. I mean, look, I get it. I really do get it that, you know, if you attack the health part of it and you give them an opportunity that, the worker could get some perk for, you know, still having the ability to get what they were getting when they were home. Um, maybe, but I don't think it's enough. I don't think pickleball alone is enough. Well, I think this is more attacking a trend because pickleball is a trend. I, I would guess yeah. five years ago, most people hadn't even heard of what pickleball was. No. And now we're seeing pickleball be everywhere. So here's number seven money laundering. <laughs> Hey, I have a place down at Ozark. They were uh, Ozark show was all about money laundering. Is that what they mean here? I don't think so. And it looks like they, you know, they made a financial advisor available to their employees. I don't see this as anything new. Um, you know, with the exception of really small companies, most of the companies I know that that are somewhat sizable typically work with some sort of advisory, and a lot of this is through their four hundred one k's. So whoever you you have assigned to administer your 401k, usually they provide advisory services for employees for free. I think, again, it's just a, it's an old perk rewrapped. Um, I don't think it's enough to say, you know, let me go to the office five days a week and somebody will help me put together a budget. <laughs> I mean, it's not, you know, yeah, I don't I don't feel that one. I think it's I think it's. Uh, it's too small for what you need to get the people back in. And I think it's, uh, that leads us to, uh, this is the deal breaker, Rich. This is the one that will get me into the office every day of the week. Shoots, not ladders. (laughs) So they are now putting slides between floors that you can take. So you don't have to walk the stairs because as, as I think they said on here, stairs are just kind of old, old hat they're they're not that good anymore um so you can you can hop on a slide and you can go down to the floor and then you can take that down to the next floor and so on again this seems very kitschy and just not really i'm not gonna go in the office to go on a slide i got a playground across the parking lot here or across the street in the the local park if i want to go on a slide not my thing not going to do it for me. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you there. This is kind of back with foosball tables and kegerators in the office. I, j- I just don't see how this becomes a, a unique, attracting thing to get me to go to the office. Now, here's something that might make sense. I, I would say that if clothes are it for you, getting a haircut is would 
get me back in the office, but I only get my hair cut once every six weeks or so. Um, so, well, they're offering free monthly haircuts. So I guess you get a trim every four weeks. That kind of keeps you looking fresh. Okay, that's nice. Um, but still, are you really going to go into the office just because you get haircuts every, once a month? I would say I go in the office once a month when I need a, a touch-up. <laughs> For those of you uh, listening to the call, Rich is pointing at his bald head and going, yeah, that, that doesn't, doesn't work for me so much. So um, now maybe uh, if the services were broader and your yeah. audience was maybe a little more female, uh, I'm, I'm just speaking from my own personal experience here, but uh, yeah. women tend to spend more and require more for their hair care than than guys do. My, my wife is more than happy to remind me of that. Agree. Um, but again, really nice. Is it going to get me to go in the office three to five days a week? Probably not. And that, you know, all these are interesting. And I think that's part of the reason for the whole story is that they're interesting. They're kind of a little bit different than maybe what is traditionally being offered out there. But I have yet to see anything here that goes, wow, that that's going to get me to come back to the office. Yeah. We are still struggling with the fact that people, are, it's a lot, uh, I mean, we're dealing with some of uh, the laws of physics here. You know, a body at rest tends to stay at rest. Well, if, if you're at home, you don't have to change your clothes, you don't have to go out, you can get work done and get paid for it. Why do you want to leave? It, it, it just doesn't seem to, to register with most people. No. I I think that I agree with you. They're interesting, but I think the only way any of this works is it's got to be, unfortunately, more than one. <laughs> not, there's not one in the list that's enough for me anyway to realize that, oh, everybody has to go back. You know, now in a combination of things, trying to offer something that's good for multiple people and something else that's good for multiple people or, you know, going back again to some of the old perks that, you know, maybe weren't as, you know, widespread, you know, I think there's way more things that you have to do here. I think, you know, in combination to get people to actually be able to go back and see the value of going back to work. If they can get their work done at home, they're all arguing because they can get their work done at home. Yeah. You know, so, you know, the commuting time and the commuting cost is, a big deal for people because they're realizing that they can get so much more done by not doing that. Yeah. So, you know, it's Unless becoming that. Yeah. Pe people are motivated by incentive and the incentive to stay home is much stronger than the incentive to go to work because most companies haven't figured out the right incentive to do. And as you point out, I think they're focusing on the wrong areas to get mm -hmm. people to move. And it's going to be different from company to company. I get that. Maybe again, you know, for some of these companies that are listed here, this works. I just don't see it being a, a across the board. You know, if you do this, it's going to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that pretty much takes care of it. We've gotten through our, our list here. Uh, I think the takeaway is while these are all kind of cute and, you know, in some ways unique, they're also kind of, the same thing all over again. Um, Rich, if they do want to try something different or they do want to figure out what exactly all this crap is going to cost them, how do they get a hold of you? 
Best way is by email, rveltry at veltrygroup.com. Yep, Dan? and you can get a hold of me at danpaulsonletsgo.com. Just feel free to reach out, and I can maybe help you figure out what incentives are actually going to make a difference. Uh, you can also catch past episodes or future episodes of Books in the Biz if you go to books the letter N, B-I-Z dot com. That's where all our past and future podcasts will be hosted. All right. Take care. All right. Take care.